Welcome everybody, episode three of I Think I Know Basketball. I'm your boy Keith with my co-host Kyrie. How you doing, man? It's all good. Thank God we could talk some basketball. We could talk basketball and we could talk basketball right now, but first, candy corn. Oh my God. You think it's trash? Yes, dude. Okay, now, okay, real quick, for context, everybody, we both work at WBUR. It's Halloween this week, obviously. So one of our like, digital producers, social media producers, went around the office and was trying to gauge everybody's opinion on candy corn mm-hmm. because it's obviously a big-time Halloween candy. Big time. Got some of the office saying candy corn is an abomination, which it is, and some unfortunate souls who believe that candy corn is good, uh, like, unfortunately, our guy Marquise here thinks candy corn Yo, is Yo, candy corn is amazing. I just, I, can't, I cannot <laughs> fathom it, man. Like, it is, first of all. It can't be fresh candy corn, though. It got to be, like, mm. a little stale. I don't even know if that makes sense, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it can't just be the, fr- the fresh candy corn's trash. You know, it had to be sitting in the bowl for at least a week or two. So it's got, so it's got to get, like, all gooey and stuff? Like, Not gooey. That's, 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 that's trash. But that's, it's just, like, it got to get, like, five steps before the gooey. <laughs> I don't know what that word is. I just... The, the taste of it, the feel of it when, I, when I'm eating it, it's also just not very satisfying. Like, it's too small of a candy for me. Okay. Like, I can I just, understand that. There, there is just, like, nothing about it that, that I like. I think, I think my brothers all right, loved all right, it all growing right. up. All right. But you no. don't like candy corn. What do you like? First of all, I love Starburst. Starburst. Okay. Skittles. You know, like. What I'm, pack of Skittles? I mean, obviously the originals, but my favorite are the Wildberry ones. The purple pack. Yeah, the purple yeah, pack. You know, yeah, you know, I don't even, I just know colors. You know, yeah, Wildberry, yeah. Yeah, it's, all, yeah, it's all about the Wildberry, the purple <laughs> the purple packs. I'll tell you what they don't make anymore that I loved what? is the Sour Starburst. Like the straight up Sour Starburst. Yeah, see, you like the, the sourest. Of course you like candy corn if you like the Sour Starburst. That's crazy. But I draw I draw the line big time at candy corn, man. All right, we got, we got to get out of this candy talk because we can keep on going. Because they just brought back the Caramello after. It was going for a while, and they brought it back, rebranded it. And I'm just like, that's my favorite candy bar. But anyways, yeah, let's get to basketball. Let's get to why we're here. I think I know basketball, episode Three, it's going down. Steph Curry has broken his hand and he is out for three months. Do the Warriors tank? They're going to sit up here and try to say, no, we're not going to tank. We're going to try and compete. They're going to tank. In so, the so end, you think you think they're tanking? In the end, it's going to happen to them one way or another. Look at the lineup that they are fielding. They've got Eric Pascal starting for them right now. Glenn Robinson, the third. I mean, we're looking, we're looking smart. We're looking smart right we now. We are looking smart. <laughs> Man, for a second, like if for you guys that listened to the 20-second timeout that uh-huh. we did where we left the Warriors off, we both left the Warriors off. For a minute, there, like, think about it, though. We were just trying to think about what teams we thought were good. Exactly. Were gonna, and the, we the, didn't the think about the Warriors. Te- we didn't think about the Warriors at all. Nope. And now it looks like we were prophets. And they have none of the players from last year except Draymond. Okay, let me let me ask you this. Okay. How do you think Draymond is going to handle this? Man, I think that all of that temper flaring, all of that stuff that we've seen from Draymond in the past that people applauded is now going to come out and people are going to use it against him. And it's going to look like Draymond's a bad guy and he's disgruntled. And it's like, you can't blame him. You know, he had those guys carrying him for four years. <laughs> and, and now all of a sudden he got to be and the Now he, he got to score more than 10 points. It's like Draymond don't know what he's doing. It's yeah. Like, um, it's interesting that we start off with, with Draymond mm-hmm. because Draymond was in the news this week for oh, something man. else oh, man. entirely. And that was interesting to me, but not really. Because I've I, last year, I called out the whole Warriors chemistry situation a bunch. 
And no one in the media was really talking about it. All they wanted to talk about was the Celtics chemistry issues. Oh, the Celtics, Kyrie, blah, 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 blah. It's like, all right, whatever. Meanwhile, you got Draymond Green literally calling this man, Kevin Durant, the B word to his face on the court. And they're about to fight. And it's like everyone's turning a blind eye to the Warriors because they're the Warriors. Yep. And, and so we're referencing, of course, if you guys haven't seen it already, you should go check it out. Kevin Durant's interview on First Take where he was talking to Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman about this incident because it got so much play last year. They kind of played it coy. You know, they were talking about like, oh, yeah, it happens. Heat of the moment, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Right. But they were also talking about how. You know, Kevin Durant was whispering to people like, man, that's why I'm out of here next year and stuff like that. And he definitively said that was a factor in him leaving was the chemistry issues with him and Draymond. So many people pointed to that moment and go figure that actually ended up being kind of true. It wasn't the only thing they talked about because KD was also like, yeah. look, man, like our salary situations weren't going to yeah, really work yeah. out. That was, that's the one thing that he, he said that kind of for me was the the ultimate deciding factor in him leaving for me. You know what I'm saying? Because in the end, it's a business decision. It was, it's a business decision. It, it, they wasn't going to have the money to pay him, Clay, Steph, Draymond, like to keep that whole nucleus going for uh, another two or three years. It just wasn't going to happen. And KD wasn't, he already proved that he wasn't trying to stay with them and sign a long commitment deal. Dude kept signing one year deal, two year deal, take my 20 million here, 20 million there. And now he's gone. And the Warriors are on the on the brink of tanking. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's crazy. It's hard. It's hard to imagine this because mm-hmm. KD was such a small part of that final series because he was injured, and we're gonna get to that here in a minute too. Mm-hmm. But the idea that if KD was healthy and playing, would you have picked the Raptors to win against the Warriors if KD was healthy? I, I like on episode one. I asked you. I said after game one and game two, and watching the Raptors bounce back from that third quarter spurt from the from the Warriors. Yeah. At that moment, at that moment is when I was like, even if KD or Clay comes back or whatever the situation is for the Warriors and they're at full strength, I don't think they can stop Kawhi. Kawhi is is proven that he may be the best player in the league right now. Like he's 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 really trying to prove that. Like the most maybe not the best player, but the most dominant, if that makes sense. Because you just can't stop well, yeah. this dude. This who had thirty eight points the other night. Against the Spurs, Kawhi, a beast. He's a Terminator. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, I mean, He's I mean that is Terminator. what it is, you know. You know, getting back to that KD injury a little bit, he talked about that as well and tried to put to bed some of the, the rumors about who was responsible for him coming back. And a lot of people were blaming the Warriors for, I blame for, the Warriors. for, for pushing him. And you know what? I don't disagree with you. I and, blame the Warriors. I think that they should not have pushed for him to come. First off, I think that they didn't keep it 100% funky with him about his actual injury. Because if it was a calf strain, then it's a calf strain. I think that most of us who saw the original injury and mm-hmm. saw the way that he grabbed his leg, a lot of us have seen enough Achilles injuries Man, to, to see when somebody grabs their leg like they got re- sniped yeah. like that. He reached and he pinched and it wasn't there. <laughs> you could see him. You could just see him react and, and be like, and that, oh, and that was the, that was when he originally got hurt. And when it took for him, that long for him to come back, like, come on, please, like we can connect the dots. And you know what's funny about that? Just to bring it full circle, because we started this off talking about Steph. The Warriors are now tanking. 
And they're not going to do what they did with KD, with Steph, with their franchise player. He broke his hand. It's about six to eight weeks for that to heal. He can be back by January. They're saying this guy's going to be out for three months. And that's you around. Believe they're that, looking forward to that's, that. And that's season. three months puts them at about uh, what's that? All star break. Getting, yeah, yeah, about there. Yeah, about mm-hmm. all star break. Mm-hmm. So you think they're going to bring Steph back? I think they're going to wait to see where they're at as a team around all star break. And if they're in a position to 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 make the playoffs, then they'll bring Steph back. If they're not. They're going to just tank for the rest of the year, and they're going to they're going to take everything they learned from the KD situation and apply it to Steph and just come back stronger I mean, next they're, year. They're already saying that Clay Thompson most likely is not going to play this year. Yeah. And, and I mean, that makes some sense in that an ACL injury, especially for basketball, can take about a year to recover from. And for yeah. some people, they can recover faster, you know, eight months, ten months, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they say, like, you need to get on the court and you need to get running. But do you think they're going to mess around with Clay's knee? No. If the Warriors aren't close to making Listen, the play? they're not even, messing with Clay's even, knee, even if they and they're were, not messing with Steph's hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, but, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, in looking at that, okay, I get it, right? KD tried to dispel it and say, like, it was my choice. I decided I was going to do this. I wanted to come back and play. And I believe that. Because you're over here trying to win a championship. Yeah. But the other thing is, like, okay, you're trying to win a championship, and he could hear the outside pressure. He could hear people being like, I mean, oh, you're, you're our best player he when you're going to come well, back. Listen, we're talking about Kevin Durant. This guy has burner Twitter accounts. He doesn't just hear the outside talk. He's responding to it, mm-hmm. you know, like with other Twitter accounts. And it's just, yeah, so you're and, not wrong. And that's the part where if you actually cared about him and you knew he was hurt that bad, if you're the Warriors training staff, mm-hmm. you can't let him play like think about the reports that we were hearing about how bad he looked in practice mm-hmm. heading up to that series when he him. was trying to give it to go and people were talking about he looked awful and, think and about they let and they let him go out there and try and to run and his Achilles blows immediately I mean you That's remember terrible. remember the video clip of him before that game dancing in the locker room prior to the game you know the getting hallway, a team yeah. getting a team all hyped up and stuff you would have thought that he was ready to go ACL but that's a, that's a, that's a difference though. It's like yeah, dancing around in the hallway before the game is different than trying to cross somebody up the way that he was trying to do right there. And your legs, he they weren't ready. Wasn't his ready. legs weren't ready. Listen, like, look, that's just period. And if and again, if they actually cared about his well being, they wouldn't have let him play. Championship be damned. All right, so we're talking about KD. Let's keep it in that same sphere. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about his teammate, his new teammate, Kyrie Irving. Yep. And it's been reported. I don't know who leaked these reports. So, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying it, I don't think Kyrie's team would leak these reports. And I think that the organization, a.k.a. the Brooklyn Nets, would leak these type of reports to get, to get ahead of this type of stuff, uh-huh. to just to control the narrative. But the reports are there's been mood swings with Kyrie, and they're concerned. Yes. And so, again, this is, a, this is an article that, that came out. It was, it was a small piece of an article written by Jackie McMullen. Shout out to Jackie for, McMullen. Exactly. We got to get you on the show one day. She wrote this article for .com, mm-hmm. and it was, it was just a paragraph, basically, mm-hmm. where it was talking about this was a concern for the Brooklyn front office and that mm-hmm. ex-teammates of Kyrie Irving had talked about this and that this was something that they were worried about. It touches off this entire thing where people immediately go back to the Celtics days and when he left Cleveland and, you know, some of the the, the weird stuff. Like, let, let, let's be real here. Like, in terms of, like, what you expect from your average NBA star, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving's kind of weird, you know? I mean, and he's, he's, got, listen, he's got a quirky listen, listen, personality. Listen, we got, we got to stop right here. We got to stop. Anybody that knows me knows I was a huge Kyrie Irving fan. 
And I was defending all the weirdness. But at this point now, it's like, man, I don't know. I mean, how can you be having mood swings in Brooklyn when you're averaging 38 points a game? (laughs) Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. you, You want it to be the leader. Right. Last year with the Celtics. OK, you was here. You wanted to be the leader. There was some discrepancies. We don't know who's a leader. And these other guys thinking that they can be the leader and they did it without you. Blah, 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 blah. But now brand new season, brand new team, brand new everything. And you're already mad and you're the undisputed leader. I don't know what to do with that. So like and we're talking about the New York media. They are going to eat this man alive. And, and the thing that's crazy about it is his partner in this is Kevin Durant. <laughs> so it's like I'll say this about Kyrie Irving, and obviously we don't know any specifics about what he may be going on, like what may be going on with him behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, man. Like when it comes to mental health, you know, over the last couple of years, the NBA has had a couple of high-profile stars come out and talk about anxiety and depression. And, and Kevin, the, Love, was yeah, Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan. You know, talk, and, talked about yeah. that very openly. And I'm not going to sit up there and say like for with any kind of certainty that Kyrie Irving has mental illness. But when you look at some of the stuff that's gone on with him in losing times or, you know, when when things get tough, like even if he's out there balling. Yeah. yeah you know, it's yeah. it's like when he shuts down, when things are kind of tough and he gets a little moody and he kind of goes off a little bit. I get it in one sense that it can be alienating Mm -hmm. and that I could totally get that. At the same time, I would also like to see a scenario in which players like that, you know, stars that do have a lot of pressure and maybe don't feel comfortable talking about what's going on with them to at least try to create an atmosphere where maybe you can help make this guy feel a little bit more comfortable rather than treating him like damaged goods. I don't know, man. And that's a balance. I don't know how to fit. I don't, I don't know how to thread that needle. But, but I think that the, the reality of that situation comes down to accountability. And Kyrie has to hold himself accountable for the situation he's in and hold himself accountable for the situation he fair. will be in. You know what I'm saying? Because the reality of the situation is, let's talk about the Celtics. <laughs> they over here gelling, baby. You know what I'm saying? No Kyrie, no bad juju. All you see from the post-game and pre-game interviews is, man, it's great to have my teammates to just tell me to keep shooting and just positive energy. So what that tells me is that the negative energy was coming from Kyrie, Terry Rozier, and... Yeah, there was de- you know, there the, was definitely a lot of clashing elements to that and team. So yeah. you remove that from the Celtics and you see what's going on, and you add that to the to the Nets and you see what's going on. So it it just comes down to me. It's Kyrie and accountability. And if he wants to be the leader that he says he wants to be, he's going to have to step up like my man Cat did when it came down to him and Joel Embiid and and throwing him. Let's just talk about it. Yo, <laughs> okay. Now now first things first. When when it comes to this, NBA fights are almost always bad. Because in a good way, <laughs> like they're bad in a good way. Well, well, they're well, they're bad in in a sense that as like, long as the players don't jump into the crowd, you don't jump in yeah, the don't stands, don't go into the stands. No more malice in the palace. Yeah, no more malice let, in the let, palace. Let's not let's that. not have that. And actually, like like this has been you, building. You said this to me. The Twitter trash talking and the Instagram trash talking the after the fight was better than the fight. And, that, and, and that's like, what I, that's what I'm saying when I say the fight was bad. In the end, it's okay, like they're right, just right. they're just wrestling. Like Charles Barkley called him out because he's all like, oh, this, look, this like, wasn't like, like Rondo and Chris Paul last year. Like that was uh, a fight, fight. Like yeah. Chris Paul threw a punch, Rondo spit in his face. Like it was a it was a fight. This mm. was like oh. Charles Barkley said they was up there having a snuggle fest. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> snuggle buddies. It's like it's like so, like some clouds. 
bumping into each other. Some real big, some seven foot clouds. But shout out to Carl Anthony Towns' moms. You know, her mom Dukes was definitely ready to ride out. She was about to jump from the rafters and hit him bead with an elbow, like she was like the rock or something. It was pretty crazy. Man, honestly though, the 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 comments, you know, that they were leaving back and forth. One of them got deleted from Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. he was just like, "Guess what? Like, you know, you a bitch. Yo, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you know, ain't, ain't none of that over here. <laughs> no. But did you see? Okay, did you see uh, Evan Turner? Basically, no, man, I didn't see Evan. What the Evan, Evan Turner was inserted himself into this. He's like, "Yo, man, like." Like, if you still want smoke after the fight's over and stuff like that, like, don't take it to social media. Set up a friendly. Yeah, yeah. And, let, yeah. and, and like, let, let's just go do this somewhere. Or let's just do it the next game. This, yeah. this, this is why well, the fights are good. But um, with, with all that being said, I, I think it's pretty funny. I think it's pretty funny that Ben Simmons jumped into the fight. I was just about to he say. He put Cat in a headlock. Cat started like tapping He was out. about to put him to sleep. I, I mean, I didn't know I think, what was I think going Carl, on. I, I think Cat was, like, starting to see stars and stuff like that. His and you want to know? you want to know who didn't show up in the fight? Wiggins. Where was Wiggins at? Man, this is, this is my beef with him, whether it's during the game or during fights. Where are you at? Show up. All right, to just hold ourselves accountable, we called out Brandon Ingram and said that he was going to have not, maybe not a good year, but Brandon Ingram has been balling. The Pelicans got their first win, they too. They got their first win. This dude's averaging, oh, I think, over 30. Like he's fi- he's finally starting to kind of get it together a little. bit. Do you bit. think that this is because Zion's not playing? For now, yeah. Because do, I do you I really think, think that? Because I was arguing with a couple I'm not, of my I'm friends. I'm not saying I'm not saying that he's not going to still score mm-hmm. when Zion comes back, but he's not he's not a scorer in the way that Ingram can be. So Ingram's still going to get his points. I mean, well, I was, but I, this is going to be the perfect time for him to feel his game. I out. had to go back and look at some preseason games because one of my friends called me out. He's like, "Oh, Keys, you think you know basketball? You wasn't even watching the preseason games." And I'm just like, "He's right." <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go watch the preseason games and watching the preseason games with Zion and the in the Pelicans and seeing everything that they was doing. Brandon Ingram's going to get his shots with Zion yeah. on the floor or off the floor. Now, if he's going to be consistently making these shots, and we'll see how the trajectory goes for the rest of the season, but I don't know if – I'm not going to say I don't know, but I believe that Brandon Ingram is definitely going to get the shots that he wants. Will he continue to produce? That's, that's still up in the air for me. But right now, he's hot. He's well, hot. Yeah, he is. And, and Well, here's the thing, too, though. So right now for the Pelicans, he is like – the main scoring option mm-hmm. right here. He he is going to be creating his own shot, whether it's driving, whether it's trying to break somebody down off the dribble or like kind of get in the post a little bit, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. When Zion comes back, he's going to slide down into the paint a little bit more and play like a, like a four or five or something like that. Yeah. So Ingram might still get those shots, but what I'm going to look for then with him is going to be how's this outside shot looking. So that's going to be the key point is can he develop a little bit of that outside game a little bit? I mean, because he's been hitting threes. Yeah, he's been so, hitting threes this season, and it's yeah, looking it's, good. It's, it's, got, it's got to be consistent is the that's main the thing. That's the thing. He's consistent right now. He's so consistent right now. So how long does he fall back to his, his average? How, how, how long do you give him right now to see if this is a fluke or not? I think if I could see it for a month, I'm just going to be like, okay, I think this is a little bit of something. Five games for them. Hot take. Who's better, Brandon Ingram or Jason Tatum? Jason Tatum. You, straight up Jason Tatum. That's, that's how you feel? Right now, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. I feel that way too. I just uh-huh. want to see what you're going to say. I think so. I, now, I'll say this. I think that Brandon Ingram 
might have a little bit more upside because I'm not gonna lie to you guys, man. When it came when it comes to Jason Tatum, people mm-hmm. talk about wait, his upside. Wait, 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 time out, time out, time out. You just said Brandon Ingram has more. You think Tatum's better than Ingram, but you think Ingram has more upside than Tatum. I think he might, man. Explain, please. Because look, okay, I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. When it came to Jason Tatum, and I and again, I like his game. Mm-hmm. And I just think that he was a little bit more of a high floor prospect than a high ceiling prospect. He came in knowing how to play better than Brandon Ingram did. And he still has more game right now than Brandon Ingram does. He came in in a better situation. His three-point shot developed faster than Brandon Ingram's. Yeah, yeah. But I think Specifically because of the system he was in. But I think if Brandon Ingram figures out the outside shot and his handle, his length, and you know just some of the just the stuff that he can do when it comes to driving inside and, and you know finishing in the paint. I don't know, man. I think that he might have a little bit more than than Tatum does, a little bit more of interest. Okay. And I and I feel like there's there could be a little bit more shot making potential, especially like in the mid range and inside. I mean, and I think that Tatum can because Tatum's a good athlete, but I don't think he's quite. I, I don't. This is I don't interesting. Know. What? I, what? And I'm not even saying it like okay. No, as you know, far as Ingram an athlete, is, I, I don't think that Ingram is like a transcendent athlete. Or yeah, they have all to say. As far as athletes go, they're pretty equal. They're they're pretty similar. They're pretty equal. For me, I I just don't really think that Tatum had the kind of upside that everybody was talking about. Okay. I thought he was a good player coming in and that he would be a good player. But again, I think that Ingram's length, he's not going to be any kind of Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. but you can almost kind of see little bits of that in his game. I mean, if, if he, he can, can get that, yeah, if he continues down. on the pace that he's on right now, I can see him being an all star this year. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see him being I mean, an all-star. I mean, Pelicans won't necessarily be good, but he'll have a this shot. This is true. This but, is true. But, but he'll have a shot to make that team. So, all right, so we're about technically two weeks into the season, right? Mm-hmm. Most teams have played about five to six games. Um, it's, it's looking like you can kind of see things. You can see the playoff picture and see things develop and see who's at the top and who's at the bottom. With that being said, I want to talk about your three teams that you're going to be watching Mm -hmm. for the next week. So I just because I think that they're kind of fascinating and I want to see how this is going to go. I want Mm -hmm. to watch the Lakers. Okay, I'm going to try and stay up. It's going to be hard because I'm starting to get old and around (laughs) 10 o'clock every night I'm I'm getting ready to go to sleep. So the Lakers coming up, they play the Bulls, they play the Heat and they play the Raptors. They got three games. You think they're going to win all three games? They're certainly good enough to, but I feel like they might have a little bit more trouble with the Heat. I kind of, I kind of want to see how that's going to turn out. But I mm-hmm. think that the Bulls, I mean, they should just blast the Bulls because the Bulls are terrible defensively. Okay, they don't have anything. I'm that surprised can stand the, in the Bulls way of, aren't playing better already. Like yeah, I didn't, one win. I didn't expect that. The problem is, and and it's like I, I was watching some stuff on this earlier uh today as a matter of fact their pick and roll defense is just Mm -hmm. so spotty and inconsistent yeah like sometimes they get it right but i'll tell you what when it comes to zach levine and lowry markinen two of their best players Mm -hmm. have terrible terrible defensive awareness they're getting beat on back cuts all over so the lakers are beating the bulls Oh, yeah. That's what you're saying. So you think the Lakers are going to beat the Bulls. You I think, think the Lakers are going to have trouble with the Heat, and you think they're going to probably with beat the Raptors. the Raptors. I think they're probably going to beat the I Raptors. I think they're probably going to beat right, the Raptors. So the other two teams you're watching. Yeah. So I'm also taking a look at 
the Mavs because the Mavs are super interesting. Yeah, you got to them before me, man. <laughs> There's like all these teams up at the top of the Western Porzingis Conference. Porzingis is like, just like he's playing really well. He he compliments Luca's game really good. You can kind of tell that it's Luca's team though, but adding Porzingis, that seven foot that player, that seven foot player that can stretch the floor and can drive and shoot the three, do all that. It's definitely added a, a different dynamic to the Dallas Mavericks. It'll be really interesting to see. Porzingis be that second option all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and so you're gonna you're gonna have a situation where yo, Luca. You think he's a, gonna have a hard time being the second option? I think this is gonna work. You think it's gonna work? I think it's gonna work because Luca is gonna command a lot of attention mm-hmm. from one thing. You know, he's a, he's a really good ISO player, but he's also a playmaker, mm-hmm. and so I think that the attention that gets paid to him when when he's driving, when he's hitting his shot, is only going to open up more stuff for Porzingis. This is true. He's not going to have to do everything that he was doing with the Knicks when they weren't good. And and so he's going to get lots of open shots. He's, he's going to get, get more shots. one-on-ones down in the paint, at least in theory, yeah. and he's not going to maybe get helped on quite as much. And so yeah. he'll get to go to work a little he's bit. He's just got to just let his game yeah. complement Luka's game. And if he does that, then the, the, the Mavs will continue to gel the way they're gelling. Yeah, and, and the key is also for Luka to not try to do too much. See, that's one thing I was thinking about when I was watching the Mavs. Luka seemed – and it, I think it just has to do with him being young. Yeah, you know he's, what I'm he's him what, being, 20 years old. Yeah, 20, him being young and wanting to show you that he can do it and that he is one of the most, one of the elite players, elite point guards in the league. Especially one of the young ones. One of the yeah. young ones. And you can tell that sometimes he may do a little too much. He hasn't really yet, and it hasn't come back to really bite him, but. You can see that that's probably going to happen. And so you kind of get it in your head a little bit that this is how it's got to be. I have to do all this. I have to be the guy. Now you've got a, a running mate here where you don't have to be that dude all the time. Mm-hmm. You can take some of the burden off. It's, and almost it's just going to be something that they're going to have to, you know, they're, they're going to adjust to. But I feel like it's going to work. You know, this they're is both the young guys. the opposite yeah. of what has to happen on your third team. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> yes. And your third team is? My third team is the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm surprised you picked the Brooklyn Nets. I'm surprised you. Why do you want to watch the Brooklyn Nets over this next week? Because I want to see if Kyrie Irving does start to adopt a little bit of that philosophy. That you're talking about that Luka has. Yeah, because look, we all know Kyrie Irving can score. We yeah. all know he can drop 30 on a given night. Yeah, no he, problem. He had 50 open at night. We know what he is. Yeah. But... They have a talented roster, mm-hmm. and they've got some young dudes that can score mm-hmm. and that can shoot and mm-hmm. that can compliment him if he will allow that to happen yeah. on a consistent basis. If he will basis. allow that to if, happen. If he, if he decides that he is going to share the ball, then I think this team can be really good. They have the, they have the makings of a pretty solid lineup, both offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. It's just got to be uh, he's he's got to learn to play with these guys. Yep, and, yep. And, it, and it has to be a situation where like he can't do what he did with Boston. How about you, Keith? Who are you watching this? Week? All right. So my three teams, I'm going with the Blazers. OK, I'm going I like with that. the Hawks and I'm going with the Celtics. I'm, st- I'm rocking with the Celtics. Also, y'all. I got my Celtics hat on again. Rocking so, with the Celtics all year. So, so okay, real quick, you're gonna you're gonna have the Celtics as one of your three teams for all the rest year. of the all year. All okay, year. okay. So basically, you're just picking two new teams every time. I probably shouldn't do that. Huh? So I'm gonna pick three teams. No, all you right. could you could do you could I do can't that. do. I, I, I know. Never, I can't just pick my home team. I, I think I know basketball. I got to know more than the Celtics. So for this week, 
I'm going to be watching the Celtics, the Hawks, and the Blazers. Well, I already know why you're watching the Celtics. Why do you want the Hawks and the Blazers? Well, Trey Young got injured. He yes. injured He injured his ankle. I'm not sure if they announced how long he's going to be out for yet. I saw that it could be about somewhere around two weeks. Two where, weeks. Where, so where, it's, where it's like where they'll evaluate starting so to So that's back. why I'm watching the Hawks, because I feel like Trey Young has started out really, really good. Um, he's averaging over 30 points. He's really balling. And the, the Hawks have a... Young team, but they have some veterans on there, like my guy Vince Carter. And they got my dark horse rookie of the year, Cam Reddish, who dunked on my homie Hero. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Gave him some Mm -hmm. rookie on rookie violence. Boom. Gave it to him. But the reason why I'm watching the Hawks is because I really do feel like they can be the sleeper team in the East. I think that they can end up in the middle pack of the playoffs, kind of like what I was saying on our 22nd timeout about, you know, what what our playoffs. Yeah, I think we both had them picked for that. But I just, I want to see them. I want to see if they can stay consistent. You know what I'm saying? I want to see if they can get hot. I want to see if they can win the next three or four games. Their next games they have is against the Spurs, <laughs> the Bulls. They're going to beat the Bulls. <laughs> they're going to beat Anybody the Bulls. should beat the Bulls. And they're going to play the Kings. And the Kings haven't even won a game yet. So, I mean, they should have an easy week. But yeah. without Trey Young, it's going to be interesting. And that's why I'm watching them. I want to see what they're going to be able to do without their superstar. So that's why I'm watching the Hawks. As far as the Blazers go, it's Dame time. You know what I'm saying? I'm liking what Dame Lillard is doing. But at the same time, I want to see if this team can show me something to let me know that they're going to get to that next step in the playoffs. Because the Blazers have pretty much been what they are for the last three or four years. They've been Dame, C.J. McCollum, and an assortment of different parts. In a center. Whoever the center is. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, they had LaMarcus Aldridge a couple years back. They have Nurkic, and Nurkic is injured with a horrible leg injury. So I'm very interested to see how they develop in the Western Conference that's stacked now that the Warriors are tanking and steps out. So uh, this could be an opportunity for the Blazers to actually take that step that they're trying to take. They do have to compete with the Lakers in the Western Conference and the, the Clippers, but... I, I do feel that Dame Lillard, he, I feel like he's at that point in his game as a leader, as well as CJ, where they can will this team to the next, to the, to the promised land. You I mean, Dame's in his prime. I mean, it's just, just, just straight up. You know? Dame's, and, exactly. Dame's and, in his prime. Yeah. And I mean, well, McCollum too, I would say, you know, and, and yep. they, they have played with each other now for so long. They know how to complement one another. Mm-hmm. And between the two of them, they can throw 60 on you every night. And then yeah. it's just up to everybody else to throw in with, the extra with, 30 with the, or 40. With the 10 assists. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They can give you 60 with the double-double. Yeah. And, and, and so it's just it's all about where those extra 30 or 40 points a night going to come from. Yep. So, so it's not like they're not like they're struggling. They're, no, they're, they're not, they're in they're a not per, struggling. They're in a that's, that's, and that's kind of why I picked them because they're not struggling yet. They're not. They're not doing really well, but they're not struggling. And it's just kind of like, okay, they're right in the middle. Let me see if they can keep this pace and take it to the next level. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to see Portland lingering around that second half of the playoff of the, the, you know, the the playoff eligible teams, you know, from team four through eight. I want to see the the Portland Trailblazers top three team in the Western Conference. They should be a top three team. You think so? Who's the top three team? The Warriors is gone. So we know that. So it's, so, so, okay. Rockets, I'm, we're not going to, the Rockets can be a top three team. Which I'm putting them four. You're, you're, not, four. you're not 100 percent. I'm not 100 percent on the Rockets yet. So I had, I believe, just I because had. that game with the Washington Wizards, where they both put up 
almost 160 points each. James Harden scored 59 points. No one played. Me and you could have scored 40 points in that. We could have had one of our co-workers who's actually in the studio with us today is the ninja. She could have put up 50 points. You know what I'm saying? If she was playing in that game. Because no one played any defense. And that's not a knock against you as a ninja. You know what I'm saying? I know you you be balling. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, like, there was no defense played. You know what I'm saying? My grandmother could have gotten there and balled out. So it's like, that's why I'm really not not sold on the Rockets. Yeah, no. and And I can absolutely get that. And so, I don't know, man. I just feel like... I had I had them I think at, at you know number five or something like that in the Western Conference, which I feel like that could be okay if they're you know the the fourth or fifth seed. Then they have a relatively what a easy five, matchup. What are five teams that you could put before the Blazers in the Western Conference? Okay, Lakers make sense. Clippers make sense. Nuggets make sense. And then Mavs maybe Mavs okay, or Mavs. Mavs or Rockets. Or All something right, you like think that. you know basketball? So, somewhere, somewhere <laughs> around there. Somewhere around there. So, That's crazy. So yeah, I think I think that you know it would be it would be okay if the if the Blazers ended up being like a fourth or fifth seed. You got a relatively you know softish matchup or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, it's not necessarily the easiest road, but it, but that would be a manageable one. You don't want to see him slip too far down that no. totem pole no. because then you're going to have to start playing the Lakers and the Clippers in the first round. You don't want that. No. And that's, and that, that, because that's I, my whole point. Because I feel like point. those two teams right now are fairly clearly up there at the top. But that's my whole along, point. Along with, the, with the Nuggets at number three. That's my point with the Blazers. That's why the I— The Jazz are good, too. The Jazz, I, is I good, the jazz too. are good, too, but that's my point with the Blazers. I don't want to see them put themselves in a position where, they, where they're shooting themselves in the foot. Now they're playing one of the top-ranked teams in the Western Conference as a seventh or eighth seed. You don't want to put yourselves in that position where you're going to have an early— uh, early, you know, put yourself in a position to win. Because, you know what I'm because saying? Not that, a position to fail. Because that is—that's that, been the curse of— the Trailblazers for so many years now. But just, that's what I'm just saying. Winning, just winning a playoff series was such a battle, and then they get knocked out of the playoffs. But now they're together. sending people home with game time, buzzer beater shots, waving goodbye. Like, yeah. it, all that's great. Let me see you get to the, to the Western Conference Finals. That's, yeah. that's, that's why I want to see them. And the reason why I'm watching the Celtics is, I've already said this, I want to see if they're going to continue to gel. I want to see Kimba Walker work his way into the system a little bit more, which is what he's done. I mean, these last couple of games, they've been really, really playing well together, and they don't even have Cantor back yet, and I'm very interested to see how he's going to play when he comes back to the Celtics. But other than that, I mean, I'm just really interested to see how the Celtics continue to develop as a team and their chemistry, because it's very clear that chemistry can mess up a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Acts last year's Celtics and acts last year's Warriors. You know what I'm saying? 100%. So mm-hmm. now that we're done talking about some of our top teams, let's get to a couple of rookies that have been playing really well lately that we didn't actually talk about mm-hmm. when we did our 20-second timeout. We mentioned P.J. Washington yeah. when we did our 20-second timeout. We yep. didn't talk about Kendrick Nunn. And we and apparently we made a mistake. Because oh, we made a Kendrick mistake. Kendrick Nunn is balling. Mans is balling out. You know what I'm saying? Mans is out here getting to the buckets. You know what I'm saying? Him and Tyler. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, him and Tyler Harrow, I which mean, is a really, really nice development. Yeah, I mean that's very interesting to know that the Miami Heat got two rookies who are not scared. I mean Tyler is out here getting buckets. Like people call that man a bucket. How are you doing this as a rookie? And it's because he's confident. It's because he's actually a walking bucket. So that's and then, and then you got you got none playing alongside him. Twenty two points a game. He's shooting better than fifty percent overall from the field. And he's hitting almost fifty percent of his threes. He's at forty eight percent from undrafted. three. Undrafted. He has the most points for an undrafted player through the first five games, it's, which is crazy. It's like, and, and okay, 
you know, for, for some of these guys that are shooting really well right now. So, so another guy that we're going to talk about is, uh, is RJ Barrett and, and a little bit of John Morant too. I want to talk a little bit about their college numbers and what they were doing there. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's going to be a, a little bit of regression. I mean, he's hot right now, but you don't, not too many guys. RJ, you talk about RJ or John? Well, I'm talking about Kendrick Nunn right oh, now. Oh, Kendrick Nunn, Kendrick so, Nunn. Yeah, so my, he's my hot right now, but you don't necessarily, you're not going to see a whole lot of guys shooting 48% from three, you know, for, all season. You know, all, all season long. But, Unless you're Steph. But, but, but the thing is, like, that team and the amount of scores that they can potentially have here with Jimmy Butler, Tyler Harrell, Kendrick Nunn, and he's, play, playing, he's playing, like, really playing well. like that. Alongside a guy that, again, I mentioned him last time, people don't really talk about him a whole lot, is Goran Dragic, whom I've always really liked. Like, they can, they're going to be able to score. They're going to be able to play with anybody in yeah. the East, if we're going to be real That's about why it. I had them high on my yeah. playoffs. Like, I think that the Miami Heat's a team that people are sleeping on because they haven't really made a lot of headlines recently outside of, like, you know, signing Jimmy Butler and stuff like that. But... He's kept it fairly low key, partly yeah. because he hasn't been playing. Yeah, he's know. kept it fairly low key, but he, but his name is Jimmy Buckets for a reason. You know what I'm saying? If they got two dudes on their team that people openly call buckets, you know what I'm saying? Like this, this team can get buckets. They get, so, so it's, like, it's like, so does that mean they can score though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they can score a lot of points. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if there's defense; they're gonna score. So speaking about guys that have been scoring, we mentioned R.J. Barrett. 18 points again. Again, I, I feel it because the Knicks are bad. Lucky right? lefty. It's easy to, lucky it, lefty. It's easy to kind of cover it up. He's talking about Kendrick Nunn, too. Lucky lefty. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, some, some lefties out here doing it, man. I'm lefty, but I shoot my right. It's weird. Interesting. But yeah, I, I did not know that. Yeah. But man. you see me ball. You know how it goes. <laughs> I can't do, man, I can't shoot at all with my left. It's really embarrassing. I only, I only just recently started being able to consistently make left-handed layups, which is, that's oh, pretty Oh, man, gross. I'm to the rack, left hand, right hand. You I'm know no, I know I've noticed. I might, I might dunk on somebody. A- anything could happen. Yo, we got to work on our oops, man. Yeah, we got to work on our oops. All right, enough about us. Back, back, back to RJ yeah. Barrett. So, 18 points a game. Quietly scoring 18 points a game. His shooting, he's shooting 42% from three. This man was like a 30% three-point shooter in college. But a lot of those three points that he was shooting in college was like real contested three-pointers. You know, it was like, it was kind of like just in the flow of the game. I'm R.J. Barrett. I'm shooting this three. These threes he's shooting in the NBA are within the flow of the game. He's open. He's not, he's not forcing anything. The thing that surprises me with him is how comfortable he is going to the rack. One, I mean, not how comfortable he is, but how... How easily he's doing it. He's getting to the rack pretty and easily and efficiently, and it's and it's interesting because people know he's his left hand is his strong hand. It's I'm pretty sure it's in the scouting report, and people just seem to not be able to stop it. I mean, when you got first step quickness, man. Yeah, that like, first like, step quickness like, like is that, crazy, like and he's thing, not man. afraid either, man. He's not afraid of nothing. You can see it. Like he when he got drafted, he said, "I'm ready for this in New York." This is the complete opposite of what we're getting from Kyrie and KD. But, yeah, yeah. And then speaking of guys who aren't scared, you know, so so these two guys, Kendrick Nunn and R.J. Barrett, are up there with some of the best rookies in the class. Mm-hmm. Our guy that we were picking for rookie of the year, though, John Morant, yep, yep. he's up there, too. Again, it's like you, you kind of – 
again, because Memphis is like kind of a quiet team that nobody really thinks about that much. He's putting up he's putting up 17 and a half points a game right now, and he's doing it in like six fewer minutes yeah, than yeah, like Kendrick yeah. Nunn and R.J. Barrett are getting up every but game. But that's because he's doing he it in the, less time. He's a, he's a he flamethrower. He man. has the keys to the car. They gave him the keys to the car and said, go where you want, and that's why he can do whatever he wants. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what we're seeing. That's exactly what we're seeing. But you know what's interesting about the 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 efficiency conversation that we're having? Zion only missed like two shots in the preseason. <laughs> like, yeah. like, so if Zion was actually playing, what do you think? Do you think that these conversations about rookies would be the same? Like, if Zion was playing, would we even care that Harrell scored eight? I mean, nineteen in the second quarter. Would we care that Nuns balling and shooting forty eight? We'd probably be talking about whatever Zion's doing, exactly. whether he was playing good or bad. And the funny thing too is the fact that people ragged on him for not taking like threes and stuff like that, not taking mm-hmm. outside shots. Like, you don't need to take outside shots. When you're shooting 16 shots from the paint in a game and only missing one, and you're putting up 20 something points, like why do you, why do you need to shoot a three for? Like, I like mean, that's. The, but but okay, you take a three if an open three if it's there and you're confident in making it. But if you can just get easy twos and just dunk on people and get layups all the time, like yeah. people, you know what? I I like analytics. I'm I'm I mean, I'm about Ka- Kawhi I'm a, Leonard's an easy two guy. And you see how many teams have a hard uh, have a hard time stopping any team he's on, and it's because he's just consistent. He's gonna come down. He'll take the mid range jump shot, no problem. He's not always trying to shoot the three. But to your point with Zion and people ragging on him, I think that a lot of that has to do with the state of the NBA right now. Like, because everybody is about shooting. Because everybody's shooting threes. We was having a conversation on our first podcast about Ben Simmons getting the max deal and him not even hitting the three in his whole NBA career. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if it really, you know, people are ragging on Zion because they don't they don't have nothing else to do. Like people don't even rag on Ben Simmons because he don't shoot threes and now he's shooting threes. It's part of what, and so we mentioned it, right? It's part of what the NBA is trying to do. And we saw that in that Rockets-Wizards game. I was, I was one, just about to say that. I was to, just about to say that. And they're like setting all that. kinds of records for three-pointers. There was like 43 made threes But that's why you have like to that. be able to shoot threes. Yeah, no, and, and I get that. And the analytics community has been on this for a while. And, and the Rockets were leading the charge, right? It's like a three is better than a two. Duh. You know, but at the same time, it's also more along the lines of a three is better than a long two or like a mid-range jumper. But it is. It, but it's about but it's about threes and layups and dunks. Yeah, yeah. High percentage shots. Nothing Zion is taking is a low percentage shot. No it's low all percentage high percentage. Shots. So I don't understand why people are getting mad about that because he's not playing bad basketball. It's interesting, He's playing too. good basketball. Think about somebody like a, a Andre Drummond, right? He yeah. put up 30 and 20 and affect the game, and now he's added a three-point shot to his game. My, my question to you is, if, if Zion was playing in that Rockets-Wizard game, do you think he would have been a factor? Yeah. Why? Like, Because I'm looking at because the game. Because he's, he's an athletic force. Okay. So... Yeah, Zion could be a force no matter what. He's like a defensive he could, he could beast. be a he could be a factor no matter what. He's a defensive force. He's a low post force. Mm-hmm. He's a little developing playmaking force. And in the end, which man, is surprising we, to me, I didn't really see Zion as a playmaker. I just kind of see him as like a grab and I'm going. You know what I'm saying? Like if you give Zion the ball, he has he has two options: ball, bucket. <laughs> like, yeah. And the option is not to pass. Yeah. It's like the, the option is I have the ball and I'm going to the bucket. And, Those and, that, the and that's a developing thing for him. Like he, mm-hmm. he has to continue to work on the, on the passing. But in the end, man, like 
yeah, when you see a game like that and everybody's just chucking them and you're, you know, shooting open threes and all that stuff, that's great. But again, it's all about easy baskets. And if you can get it to Zion for an easy dunk and transition or it's kinda down like, on the post, like, like that's still a good shot. That's still that's still good basketball. Like, I yeah, feel like it was a stupid still, question for me to ask. It's kind of me like me asking, is Shaq effective? It's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's Shaq. I get, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I guess here's the thing, right? Like, you adjust your game depending on who you've got on the floor and what your team is built around. So it's like, yeah, if you got a lot of good three-point shooters, you're going to shoot a lot of threes, and that and that's going to be your thing. That's what the Rockets have been all about open threes space in the floor you know putting up a lot of points on that taking efficient shots but you still got James Harden dishing it to Clint Capella and you still got Clint Capella putting up like 15 points yeah, a my game boy off, say, all off alley one of my boys go he's like yo man I was gonna call James Harden a head case during that game but he had like 12 assists <laughs> like yeah yep it's yeah, like so, you can't really call James Harden a head case if he's putting up 60 point triple doubles man like what do you what do you do with that it's, it's like there's there's always going to be room for that like mm-hmm. because in the end basketball is basketball and you know two points you know might not be as uh, you know, great, you know, in terms of the analytics community is three points. And obviously, you know, three points is more. Who doesn't want more points? But in the end, easy points are easy points. Easy and you, points and are easy All points. that matters is you score more than the other team does. And, and that's and exactly it, what the Raptors did to the Warriors last year. Because they wasn't on, they wasn't shooting crazy from three-point land. You know what I'm saying? But they had that mid-range game down pat. Like, they could come down and score mid You stop the other team. Yes, and then come down and score. And yeah, and and you just straight up just go and score more points. It doesn't matter exactly. how you do it. Just it do it. Matter. Score the points, you know. And so yeah, Kawhi's taking his mid range, or he's taking you to the basket, you know. Or somebody like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant isn't always shooting just threes and dunking. It's like yeah, if he gets you in the mid range and he's got a shot, he's gonna take a shot. Yeah, I mean yeah. The, the best the best score is score. No matter which way they they got to do it, they they put the ball in the bucket, and that's what they do. And and in the end, right, it's all about. Again, good basketball, right? And good basketball means different things for different teams and for different players. It wouldn't be great basketball for Zion to be taking fadeaways on people and like trying to put <laughs> and, 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 and trying to. I just thought about Zion taking yeah, a fadeaway. Yeah, trying to trying to do a fadeaway or like look or awkward. Like, yeah, like six, I mean his jump shot's really awkward. <laughs> or like, or like pounds, Zion man. taking a contested three or something like that. Like. Yeah, you don't want to see that kind of thing, but Kevin Durant can do that. Kawhi can do that. Zion look like yeah. Spice Adams. Yes, <laughs> yes. He'll be he'll be, look, he'll be looking Adams like that is. like that. We gotta show yeah, Spice Adams. Like this man, like you know, like shooting it off the three point rack, like atten- intentionally looking stupid. Right, man, so we're gonna wrap this up, man. Episode three of I Think I Know Basketball. But before we do that, next week you're looking forward to seeing the Lakers, the Mavs, and the Nets, and I'm looking forward to seeing the Celtics, the Hawks, and the Blazers. We'll recap that at the top of next week. And whatever hot stories go on. You know that when it comes to the NBA, there will always be something. Like, come on, like, in the time that it takes for us to put out this pod, we're going to already miss something because you just know. Listen, next week you need to have your dreads started. You said you was getting. You can't get a haircut if you're getting dreads, bro. You gotta, you gotta give me the hookup for this. I got, I got you. I told you. I know this a lot. I know everybody. We can make you it do happen. Know everybody. I, I know a lot of people, <laughs> man. You see my haircut? I'm fresh. I'm fresh. Yep. We gonna make it happen, man. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of I Think I Know Basketball, episode three. I'm your boy Keese. I'm Kyrie, and we'll be back next week. Deuces.